Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Are We Building? I'm Andy Shaner. I'm in the Sun Prairie Media Center studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. Uh, in just a second, you are going to hear part two of my interview with Gary Hebel, our assembly rep for uh, the 46th district, in the, and that represents the city of Sun Prairie and surrounding areas. So if you didn't hear part one, you can go back and check that out. Uh, you can get the, the Sun Prairie Media Center app. Or uh, you can go to Spotify, you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts, just search for What Are We Building. You can go to anchor.fm slash WAWBSP. You can get all the past episodes there of all the different folks I've talked to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you, if you didn't hear part one, we had a great conversation about gerrymandering, about representation, about kind of why our politics sometimes doesn't represent who we are and why we kind of get frustrated sometimes. So that was a really good conversation. And then uh, we're going to get into kind of some some background and, and talk about the Supreme Court and, and uh, all kinds of other good stuff with uh, with the representative, uh, Mr. Hebel. He was very he's been a great supporter of mine, uh, you know, of the media center in general. Wonderful guy. I, I'm a fan um, and he's got my vote. But uh, when you talk to him for a while, you kind of understand uh, why these people are what who they are and why they do what they do and so i, I appreciated gary's time and coming in and uh, i i wanted to share part two with you don't have a whole lot more to say in the intro I, I gary and i talked for a while and i wanted to give him as much chance to, to talk as we could um because he likes to talk uh, but he had a lot of good things to say so stay tuned i got a couple other things to talk about but then uh, just a second after the break you'll hear uh, part two of that interview you are listening to 103.5 The Sun in Sun Prairie and the surrounding area, serving the community at 103.5 FM on your radio dial and online at sunprairiemediacenter.com or on the app, uh, which you can get from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And you, that app, that website, that's got all the great content, radio shows, uh, listen. You can listen live. You can check out uh, Dan Presser's Sun Prairie News Show. You can check out my TV show, Roundabout Sun Prairie, which I've done two episodes of. Uh, our, my radio guest today, actually Gary Hebel, was a guest on the TV show uh, with Teresa Stevens, a city alder. And so we had a nice conversation about different issues and different things that are going on around town. Um, but uh, you're going to hear part two of my interview with Gary Hebel in just a second. Um, but this is 103.5 FM The Sun. I'm Andy Shaner. My guest today is Gary Hebel, our uh, assembly representative in the city of Sun Prairie in the 46th district. And we were talking about the state Supreme Court. And I had brought up earlier kind of the idea of we, we see a lot of we get caught up in the news cycle of the specific symptoms of politics and issues and sausage of making bills that there are these there are there are diseases that I think kind of we need if we had treat those, the symptoms would get so much better. And you brought up the three the gerrymandering, which we talked about a lot. Citizens United and dark money and too much money in politics and the state Supreme Court. And I, I think uh, the, in the conflict with the governor just was never more stark than in the way the state reacted to the pandemic, which I think is still the, probably the number one issue on people's minds, or it probably it should be. And, and it, it, again, it seems like a long time ago, but if you looked around at what the governor was trying to do in terms of following health orders and implementing masks and even down to the vaccine level and just trying to social distancing, basic health orders that we rely on the government to keep us safe. Anything it seemed like he tried to do, there was an immediate legal challenge. It went to the Supreme Court and it was there. There was back and forth and it got drawn out. But at the end of the day, it got struck down. 
um, because of the makeup of that Supreme Court. And there are people dead today because that those those measures couldn't be put in place. And so, uh, you know, I, got, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about, I know the pandemic is certainly very important to you and, and what says about kind of our state. And again, sort of thinking about moving forward, what is that, in your mind, that this experience we've kind of gone through, how does it sort of affect how we see our state government? Two things, Andy. One is that I'm an eternal optimist. My glass is half full all the time. Yeah. I always look at the brighter side of things in trying to find solutions to problems. I'm also a problem solver. I look for not not fights, but I look for commonality in with my colleagues in the legislature. What can we do together? There are things that we agree on. How do we accomplish the goals that we need to accomplish? What's the most efficient way to do that? i got to tell you, it's a lot different in our legislature today than it is in private business yeah. or in, in, in public service. Because in private business, I, if I see a problem, I come up with a solution. It may not be the right one, but by God, I'm, I'm on that uh, solution to the problem you know, within minutes. In the legislature, you right. talk about making sausage. I've got to convince at least 50 other members of my body that my idea is a good one. Now, generally speaking, I could do that if it wasn't political. Now, because of the politics of it, having parties, the the control of any decision is not based on whether it's a good idea. It's based on what your political party is. And if you happen to be a Democrat, you can kiss any chance of getting any, any meaningful legislation through. And if you're a Republican... If Robin Voss likes it, you know, you're okay. But now going to the pandemic, yeah, because that's what your question was, is um, I practiced law here for 46 years. 1976 was a big year for me. Yeah. Graduated from law school at Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington. Oh. I got married in 76, started law practice in 76, got on a media board at the Sempre Media Center. Yeah. About the same time. Wow. Sempre Optimist Club about the same time. It was a very eventful. I got my pilot's license about oh, the same time. So did a lot of things in, the, I, in those couple of years. You've been doing this a lot longer, but it is interesting. Like I graduated in 2001. I got married in 2001. I started my first job in 2001. I'm still relatively in the same industry. And then 9-11 happened yeah. that year. You know, And so that was that, and that was 20 years, all of that. You know, it was a big year. This big year kind of marking all those. It's interesting sometimes how those, those exactly. things kind of so come. Exactly, so it all in, came together. clusters, yeah. Uh, but in terms of... The, the the problem with the COVID is just uh, there's so many areas of what what continues the crisis. I think social media is one area where all the misinformation has come out. Actually, just today, just today, one of the platforms, a Facebook or one of those, said we're going to eliminate YouTube. all the false information. It was YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. Any information that's false about the COVID. We're taking you off, and we're actually going to eliminate people, you know, pull them from, because it's it's doing huge damage to the health of our our, our society. And so, and, and you, you just having the, the shots and listening to the medical professionals, it's just common sense, but it's become political. I sit in a hearing room. Well, yesterday we were in session. And in the session, half the room, people are wearing masks. The other half, 
no mask whatsoever. And you know, it's not. And you don't know whether those people are vaccinated or not. A lot of them probably aren't. Have a lot exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you literally could, you know, if you didn't know if it was Democrat or Republican person in that room, they they put the identity on their face. Yeah, and I have I find it's political, it's cultural. Like I have I have people like friends or people I work with who are from Arkansas or North Carolina or somewhere, and they're we're we're sort of. We're isolated from it in Dane County or in Sun Prairie. They're, in their world, most of the people they know are not vaccinated or aren't wearing masks or are against a lot of these same and things. And look at where the people and, are dying. Look yeah. at where the hospitals are completely full. Yeah. Look at where the uh, you know the ERs can't you know can't find another but it, bed. It's also these these echo chambers on yeah. Facebook. On I think Facebook's probably the worst of it, but YouTube certainly doesn't help and having that misinformation and i i wanted to that's something i've tried to think about is part of why i try to do this show is can we have a place as small as it is where people can go to hear just some honest conversations that aren't trying to make them angry that aren't trying to have a specific point of view i have opinions and i certainly share them with people but i'm not you know, I'm not trying to. I'm not saying you're a bad person if you don't agree with me. I, I want as many listen. I use as many listeners as I can. I don't want to. Can't afford to alienate everybody. But, um, but so I. It, it's the media center is a wonderful resource. I think it helps having the transparency of city government on. Um, you know, online on on video. We we can see how that's all going. I would much rather talk about the media center than the than the COVID <laughs> problem. And I agree with you. I've been on the board for. For 45 years. Yeah. And I, it, to me, it's one of the greatest assets of this community. And it's one of the greatest reasons why Sumper is such a wonderful place to live and another reason why people want to live here. You know, the number one question or reason people move to Sun Prairie is the quality of our schools. When you ask somebody, right. why did you move to Sun Prairie? I want to make sure my kids are going to a good school. Which, just quick side note, I was at the multicultural fair we yeah. had a couple weeks ago, which is a, I actually talk about it in the open. Just... I interviewed a few, a handful of people. Just we wanted to, Steve Stocker and I wanted to get some feedback on why people were there, whether they were the first person their family moved to Sun Prairie. Everybody I talked to, I talked to a woman from Gambia in Africa. I talked to people from Puerto Rico. I talked to people from India. They all said the same thing. They want good. They came here because it was safe. It was clean. They had good schools, and we're all we're all so very similar in that regard. But absolutely. Anyway, I but but that's why the media center. You talk about educating the community. When I first ran for political office, Sun Prairie voting turnout was over 92%. It continues to be one of the highest, you know, in the, in the county and in the state. Sun Prairie is very politically active. It's a very educated community. I am so proud to represent this district because these, these Sun Prairie people, they know what's going on, you know, and they're well aware of the issues before them. And, uh, you know, when we deal with the city council issues, when we deal with school board issues, I mean, I'm really proud of what the school board and city council have done with this city. Yeah. Because you could be reactive or you could be proactive. And Sun Prairie is elected to be proactive, to get ahead of the curve. I mean, we deal with community schools. Sun Prairie was one of the first to do that. You know, you deal with all the all the activities that are, are going on in the community. Community policing, I think that's... Police yeah. chief Chief Steffes has been very upfront. He's got a task force in terms of addressing I, you look these at the issues quality. from the last summer. You look at the you know. quality of our leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, from the mayor, from uh, Oppenheimer, the uh, yeah, uh, Aaron, city executive Aaron Oppenheim, and yeah. uh, and then dealing with the uh, police chief. You know, Mike Steffes, and you deal with the uh, 
fire chief, Chris Garrison, and you deal with EMS, Brian Goff, you got, these are some of the finest individuals any city could have leading their community. And so, I agree with you. I, I think there are probably some people in town that don't agree with you. Or they, they well, have, you're going to uh, have detractors. Yeah, people are always going to be complaining. But there, there's transparency. There is a mechanism to address those folks if you have issues. They're responsive. Um, they're available. And they're not I, – I, I, that's a big part of leadership is if, you're, if you don't feel like you have to hide in the shadows or keep things secret or know, you know, you can – truth will set you free and you can be the – you get those types of quality people, and they can be the best versions of themselves for the you city. Know, it's really, it's tell, really positive. You can tell if a person's lying just because if they hesitate with an answer. And my dad told me uh, many times that the one thing that sticks in my mind, he says, you know, if you tell the truth all the time, you'll never have to think about what you're going to say. Yeah. Because as long as it's truthful, you don't have to hesitate and think, geez, what did I say last time? I better make sure it matches with what I'm going to say now. Well, if you tell the truth, you don't have to think about what you're going to say. You just tell the truth. It is a tangled web we weave when yeah. we practice to deceive. If I'm quoting Shakespeare right, but um, right. I, you brought up your dad. I wanted to ask you, what was your dad a lawyer? What, was no, he, was it no. a family business or what did he do? No, my dad was a. Uh, he had a lot of occupations. He was Dane County clerk okay. for 16 years, from 1966 to 1982, and. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I come from a large family. I have 11 brothers and I have five sisters. Where are you? In, in I'm the- number nine. So there's eight older than me and there's eight younger than me. And we always say that the middle kid always get the short end of the stick. And the middle kid also is the negotiator, the compromiser, the one that puts the deals together. Mm. He tries to get the family members to, to get along. Yeah. And so that was kind of the role that I had as the middle child is to try to be the compromiser. So that's why I went into law, is that, yeah. you know, as a kid growing was it, up. Was it a farm family? Was it, no, was we grew up in separate. Actually, where the gingerbread house is on, on uh, uh, 10, it's 170 North Bristol Street was our home address. Okay. And that's where the gingerbread house is, practically across from the downtown fire station. Gotcha. And my dad was a volunteer fireman, so we would, uh, he would, every time there was a fire, he'd, you know, where if he was home, he'd run down to the fire station, put on all his gear, and, Head out wherever the fire was. Yeah. So, and did uh, you, was your mom work at all or she was home? Oh, my care God, of? with 17 kids. Yeah. She was working. She would love to have a job. She would love to have some sense of normalcy. But, you know, there's certain people in life that you know are saints. You know, they're just yep. they're above everybody else. And my mom was, was one of those people. And you know people in your life mm-hmm. that were so good. Actually, bordering on perfection. My mom was that way. But it's a selflessness, I always feel. Yeah. Like when there are people that just always seem to, I don't know how they do it, but they're able to put other people above themselves. I'm not, I can't, I'm not one of those people. But Well, um, you, you aspire to be that way, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're the role models, and they. I find when I'm, I'm happiest often when I'm doing, putting other people ahead of me, which yeah. is kind of counterintuitive sometimes so and 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 so you you went to gonzaga what did you where did you did you go to madison for your undergrad or yeah i went okay. to undergrad in madison uh the year 69 to 73 so you were you were showing up right in the middle of vietnam war vietnam war and protests and yeah. that kind of thing exactly so it was uh that bombing at uh, uw i was uh living in a house on dayton street and uh, i will never forget that day because uh you know professor died yeah Robert Fosnash was was a person that died. And I swore to myself that I would never forget his name. 
mm. because there were the Barmas, the Armstrongs, and uh, four or five people that were involved in that protesters. And but I would never forget his name because he was married and they got a child. And it just, I thought, what an innocent victim. But you would be amazed how the whole uh, Vietnam War protest really changed dramatically after that bombing yeah. because someone died. Right. And I think people realized this is this is for real. Again, getting back to we saw, you know, this moderating influence that there are people going to be always on the far yeah. sides of things. But at some point when it gets too far, it gets too out of control. There's this sort of cooling middle that yes. we say, okay, let's let's cooler heads need to prevail here. And let's this has gone too far. Exactly. You know, and that's was true. Um, 50 years ago. 50 years ago. Yeah. And so then well, how did you end up in Spokane? Oh, I was at I, I uh, was going UW Madison. I was a junior, and I had to take the LSAT test. And I went to uh, the law school, and I talked to Ruth Doyle, okay. who was a, a, guy, a, a counselor at the law school. And Ruth uh, said, "You know, Gary, you're a Wisconsinite. You're going to be in Wisconsin the rest of your life. So get away to go to law school. Go out to you know, there's some schools you can go to Oklahoma, yep. uh, Washington, and I." I, I kind of triggered on the idea of uh, Gonzaga because it was a Jesuit school. Mm-hmm. And I was, it, we were, were raised, raised Catholic. Arts Catholic. I was going to so. say, so you weren't a farm family. You must have just Irish Catholic. Irish Catholic, yeah, yeah exactly. That kind of deal. So anyway, uh, I uh, went out there and uh, walked into the admissions office. I was accepted. And I just wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. You know, if it's something I would enjoy. I walk in and I say, I'm really excited to be here at Gonzaga in the gray city of Spokane. So I <laughs> mispronounced the school, mispronounced the city it was in, and I didn't know any better. Yeah. And the lady says, you're going to do just fine here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it actually was three wonderful years. I tell you, the northwest of the United States, the, the uh, Washington, Oregon, uh, those those states are just gorgeous. They're really beautiful. And but, you know, we were talking okay. about going to um, the uh, game in Chicago. Yeah. And we Notre sat Dame. next to a couple of Notre Dame fans, and they actually didn't go to Notre Dame. The guy we sat next to, he was from California. Yeah. And he said uh, it was one on his bucket list to go see a game. He had never gone. And so he and his wife took a road trip there from California, took a road trip, and came through Wisconsin. He oh, said, wow. Oh, my God, I got to the border of Wisconsin. It is so green. I can't believe how beautiful <laughs> this state is. You know, and so just uh, Come we there. take for granted how lucky we are to live in Wisconsin. I try not to, but it absolutely is. It's wonderful. Every time I come back, I just am so amazed at the beauty that, uh, I mean, the city of Madison, the capital. And yep. For me to think that I've got an office in the most beautiful building in the state and one of the most beautiful capitals, I think, in the country. Of the 50 states, the Madison capital is, is better than all the others. And it, it really battles with the U.S. capital in terms of just the the beauty of it. Yeah, and it, and the, the building itself is wonderful, and the, but the grounds and the atmosphere yeah. and the city around and the farmers market and all that. It's yeah, it's pretty and then great. being a pilot. Yeah, I take I've taken up like three hundred and fifty kids under the Young Eagles program. Okay, so they just to kind of get them exposed to flying because we yeah. want to encourage general aviation. Sure. So I've taken them over the Capitol, over the city of Madison, over the Camp Randall Stadium. And oh my God, what a, it's just such a beautiful city. You see the four lakes, yeah. especially from the air. Yep. Well, and these little kids, you know, six, eight years old, yeah. they hug you, you know, they, they can barely reach you, but they hug you and they say, This is the best day of my life. I'm thinking, My God, if I can do that, 
it was it was really it was wonderful to do that. Yeah. So I I wanted as I was actually I mean I think pre COVID did you commute? I mean you kind of had it. You, you you're lucky in that you're not having to come from Fond du Lac or right. You know Hayward. There's there's a, you know representatives that kind of come down. Did you commute most days to the capital? I go in every day. Okay. Yeah. Even still. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I go in every day. Some days I'm there long. Some days I'm short. But, you know, but I just go in, check things out. Yeah, I've got. I got to tell you. And one thing I've learned early on in life is the most important decision you'll make is a person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you agree with that. But for yeah. me, married married my wife Lynn 46 years ago, and best decision I ever made. I got her on a weak moment, and uh, <laughs> I'm so lucky for me. But I try to surround myself with really smart people and then not talk a lot you know because then i look i look like maybe i might be smarter than i am because really i've I've, but that's what i've done at the capitol i've done that law office you know i really have people that are just brilliant yeah and i'm so lucky to have those folks and so i try to be very careful to do everything to make their lives as good as possible. I mean, Tracy Busson is my staffer at the Capitol, mm-hmm. and she is a godsend. She's been with me the yeah, whole time. Yeah, we've emailed. She's great. Yeah. I mean, she's she's as good as it gets. Oh, at the, at the heart of kind of why I'm even doing this show or this, this idea was exactly that. It's like, if I could just, can I just talk to people that know more than I do or learn from them and just sure. try to sit across and shut up most of the time? That's what I struggle with sometimes. But, yeah. but yeah. And I, so you're a pilot. Do you get to travel for... That's why I was just curious. It's a, like, it's a private pilot, so I don't I don't do it for commercials. I don't do it for right. I'm not hired. I just meant as are you? Do you have the opportunity to get to be like an envoy from the state of Wisconsin to go see what other states are doing or go research you this mean or by that? Flying in my little plane? Well, not necessarily flying, but just like it was travel part. I mean, again, pre COVID, well, you know, are, what opportunities are. do you have in a in a as a in your role as an assembly rep to to kind of get around and. Interact with other parts of the country. Sure, one of my my favorite things is being involved with the national conference of environmental legislators. Environment mm. is very important to me, yeah. and so I'm the state uh, lead for Wisconsin of all the legislators. I'm the state lead for that, and I've been there for you know several years doing that. So I'm the representative that is in contact with NCEL, National Conference of Environmental Legislators. So we've worked on things like the Great Lakes. Uh, Compact right. dealing with protecting the water uh, of the Great Lakes because that's our our liquid gold, if you will. Our oil is our our fresh water, and so we need to do everything we can to preserve that. Sure. So actually, Andy, if I were to describe my values in terms of legislation, mm-hmm. my number one priority has always been education. Public education to me is absolutely crucial to this state's success because our kids are our future. And we need to make sure that we provide them with the best possible education we can. That means public education. And we're, we're kind of branching off into these charter schools and the uh, private schools. Yeah. Uh, and to me, that's, that's, we can't afford two education systems. Well, it we gets back afford- to the root, I think, of what, what are you know, symptoms and disease or what is the foundation of a healthy democracy and a society. And, and having educated people with critical thinking skills to me is all you hear like so i was in i was an animal health distributor like we sold we sold ivermectin like by the case you know cases and cases it's it's a horse warmer and yet oh my God. some people see this on like and so i on the one hand uh, you know you kind of scratch your head on that but what is it that doesn't allow them to think critically and they weren't were they not educated right were they not 
given the tools to be able to say something isn't right here and I got to think for myself. And so cr- giving kids those critical thinking skills, the media and kids for program, you know, I, I think Wonderful. we still have some spots getting kids to be able to understand, okay, the stuff you see on TV or on YouTube or on Facebook, someone did that and maybe they have an agenda and maybe you should think about where, what the source of that is reading in the newspaper and being able to think for yourself is Really, really important. I think that's probably why you're involved well, in the media center and education. The, the so. two bills we had two bills yesterday dealing with what what is going to be taught in schools and mm-hmm. education. They, they they talked about this critical race. Yeah, theory and it's, that's a law school principle. It's not taught in schools here. Yeah, but the idea is that people need to be aware of their history, and unfortunately, the white race, the Caucasian race, engaged in slavery. Yes, this and is so a historical fact, fact that that, and it's had impact. Actual, that's yeah. our history. Right. And they don't really want, the Republicans don't want that really taught because the white kids nowadays shouldn't be responsible for the mistakes of their of their parents and, and uh, grandparents. And it's not that at all. What we need, in order to understand our future, we need to understand our past. And you know the old old line: if you you know if you don't, don't learn your history, you're destined to repeat the mistakes of the past. And so they don't want that taught. They don't want in terms of sexism. They don't want that taught. Well, what really bugs me I don't I don't want to get ranty or up on my soapbox here, but it would get me going is is the Republicans used to be or conservatives living in government. And what I see more and more at the state level, in particular, specifically, is getting involved in local issues. If the if some prairie school district thinks it's important to teach that slavery existed and and there's sexism and there are issues with that we still deal with, we ought to be able to do that. And I don't want politicians in Madison telling me that I can't let people decide what's best for their own communities sure. to a point. Well, there's a base. You, know, you have a base but, education foundation. And, yeah, but the teachers. Honest to God, the teachers that I deal with, they are phenomenal, dedicated people. Yep. And for us to tie their hands and say, teach this, don't teach that, you know, that to me is just a tragic travesty because they are really, really good at what they do. I mean, Chris Gleason is up for National Teacher of the Year. Yeah. And, you know, and so... With some prayers, very fortunate those teachers. Yep. But anyway, anyway, you said education the, at the top of your list. Education is yep. top of my list, and environment yep. is very, very important to me as well. You know, we got to protect our environment, and we're seeing what's going on with climate change, and the devastation that uh, even it's coming our way. I mean, the Boundary Waters had uh, severe fires up there, and so who knows? Uh, like, Wisconsin, unfortunately, we, we were not in a drought, and I was up north two weeks ago for a wedding in Eagle River, and the you know the fire prevention signs were low. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so no, you're you're Irish Catholic. I'm my family's German, you know, but I saw flooding in Germany. Look, we traveled to Germany. Right. Actually, that was a trip twenty years ago, two thousand one. We took two, but we I remember getting to Germany and thinking, you know, this kind of looks like Wisconsin. If I was German and came over on the railroad to Milwaukee, it makes sense that. I would kind of go with what I know, and that's why there's a big German population here. And I, I saw the flooding happening in Germany that they were dealing with, just massive. We had it in Madison. We had bad, sure bad is. problems at Tenney Park Locks yep. not that long ago, and we just have these short memories. And I saw that happen in Germany, and I thought, my God, we're close. You know, we're, we're going to have it happen here before we realize, and unless we do something, um, it's, sometimes it's, it's almost gotten to be a mental health issue where it feels like, why are we even talking about all this other stuff when 
we may not have a habitable planet in a hundred years, yeah, you know, and so these these things, and there's so much economic opportunity to be able to create jobs building solar. I mean, the solar panel farm that's up by the airport mm-hmm. is awesome. It's yep. a, just, I mean, somebody built those and they created jobs. I just we, put we solar panels be, on my house. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, we've thought about it, and it's you know, so but it's, yeah, it's pricey, but that it, too. The there right are more to jobs in solar right now than there are still in coal. Right exactly. So, you know, you keep talking about Irish Catholic. Yeah. I'm actually uh, Bohemian. Okay. Which is Czech. Background is right. Czech, which is German. You know, we used to say <clears throat> that area that my family is from has been overrun by Austrians, Germans, and Czechs. So it just depends on what you want to be. If you're talking about <laughs> Hitler, I'm Austrian. But if you're talking <laughs> right. about talking about Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, BMW, sure. Know, yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it just depends on, on what the discussion you claim is. claim it all. The third area besides education and uh, environment is the health care, affordable, accessible health care. That, to me, is absolutely crucial for every citizen in the state. And the fact that we have not accepted the Medicaid expansion is just, I mean, I hate to use the term brain dead, but it really is makes no sense nope. that we don't take this this money with no strings attached and use it to provide health care for our citizens because we're using our own tax dollars instead because Robin Voss does not want to use Obamacare. If he right. uses because it's Obama, he doesn't want to use that. Why would you do that? Why would you not take over eight hundred million dollars in federal funds? to provide health care for our kids, for our, our, our families. So that to me is just, it's a shambles, but the health care is very important. And I don't think it's right, frankly, that we our health care is based on an employer paying your health care. It really isn't necessary. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. I, if you lose your job, you lose your health care. Yeah. That's not fair. It's not really fair to employers, yeah. quite honestly. That's a huge expense it is. for well, them. And I think there'd be a whole lot of, you know, that money could better be used more efficiently if that didn't have to, if they didn't have to put that in every paycheck. I think there'd be, there were a surprising number of companies that when they said, looking at health care, to say, if I can get rid of this expense and have the government sort of manage it better. Absolutely. Um, you know, they do a fine job with Medicare and, and Social Security. It's not perfect. You but talk to anybody on it, Medicare. They love it. They're happy with it. I'm on it now, and I'm happy with it. Oh. You know, I have to supplemental, but I love it. The yeah. fourth area is It's not deals. perfect, but guess what? Neither is private insurance. No, so. that's true. The fourth area is jobs in the economy, in making sure that people have a, a, a wage that supports a family. If you work 40 hours a week, you should be able to make enough money to support a family. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a, a ton of money, nope. but, uh, I mean, you talk about the $15 minimum wage. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a thing of the past now. There's no – you can't hire somebody for $15 an hour in this area. No, the market has set the minimum wage and yeah. it's far – and, and, and it can go that way, but unfortunately there are businesses that take advantage of the lower income wage earner. And so uh, when I talk about jobs in the economy, I'm talking about uh, family health care, family uh, child care, so that women especially, uh, that burden is lifted from them so they can advance in their careers. And what you'll find is that this money spent on child care is going to expand like a flower. It will blossom the economy. You know, you have to spend money to make money. That's kind of that whole philosophy with the... Uh, so, well, I we are out of time. We, we I think we said we no, were going to have... No, we got to talk about more. Sun Prairie now. Uh, <laughs> Sun Prairie, uh, growing up in Sun Prairie, what, what it was like. Or it was we, I will hope to have you back. It would be lovely <laughs> to have you because... We're out of time uh, already. Very easy to talk to. What's really to. nice about your show yeah. 
is that I don't have to dress up, you know, because <laughs> I have a radio face, and so I look a lot better on the radio than TV. I do, for listeners, Gary came in wearing shorts. It's unseasonably warm here, which, you know, climate change, I have conflicted issues about climate change. I know it's terrible. On the other hand, when it's mid-September and it's 85 degrees, yeah. it is nice, but I, I think we, we have a nice summer here, and we got to figure that out so andy um, i want to thank you we'll still have nice days even if we solve climate change i want to just thank you for doing this program because you you, are you're an asset to the community and doing these things i don't know if you know this but you're not getting paid for this (laughs) so i get paid in other ways besides financially it's just it makes our city a better place to live so thank you for doing this. no thanks and it really did help me stay connected to people during quarantine and lockdowns and all this and i we mentioned i was Kind of doing it remotely from my basement, but it it helps me stay connected to my community, and I hope I share that with other people that you know they, that they don't necessarily get to talk to you on a one, on a regular basis, right. and uh, other people around town, and feel uh, we need to get off Facebook and walk, get away from some of the national TV and social media stuff, and look at the people that are closest to us. Because um, I think we're, we'll be pleasantly surprised by what we find. So, absolutely. Um, well, thank you for all you do, and thank you for coming on. It was really wonderful conversation. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Gary. Thanks again for tuning into that. I know. Look, Gary's a politician. He's an elected official, and he, a lot of the stuff that he talks about is stuff. You know, maybe sometimes people get tired of hearing, but at the end of the day, look, healthcare, the pandemic, jobs, the economy. These are real life and death issues in some prairie and everywhere. And having a representative who I think represents a lot of Sun Prairie's values, he certainly reflects a lot of my values, if you can't tell that. Um, and and it, it was really nice to talk to him, and I, I appreciate the fact that he's my representative. And look, he came in here and he talked to me for a long time, for almost an hour, face-to-face, and put it out on the radio. And I don't know that you could say that about every elected official. And so uh, kudos to him, and I, I thank him for coming in and for supporting the Media Center and everything do. And uh, we will be back with the next episode of What Are We Building? I'm Andy Shaner on 103.5 FM The Sun. Thanks again for listening.